And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint. On the BMG Network, we haven't been with you for a couple of weeks. We had some technical issues last week. We apologize for that. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, Tucker Carlson firing. I know everybody's been weighing in on it, and I just want to give you my two cents for what it's worth. I think, uh, you know, there are multiple reasons why maybe he was let go. You know, it could have been conspiratorial. The guy's, uh, he's a conservative, a true conservative, and he's on to what's going on in Washington. He's, he wants to drain the swamp. And I think Fox News, frankly, is part of the swamp. You know, he uh, eventually became a supporter of Donald Trump, did Carlson. He wasn't always. He said uh, he thought Trump rather buffoonish. And he still thinks he is at times. He did an interview with Tulsi Gabbard a couple of months back in which he said that. And, I, you know, I think there's there are any number of reasons. I think the, the people who run Fox are not conservatives. Uh, it is no longer Rupert Murdoch's station. He's I think he's 90 years old. I think his sons run it. And they are considerably more liberal. That's part of it. There's the Dominion voting systems uh, debacle, $787.5 million settlement. And it was a defamation lawsuit. Fox settled it. Maybe that was part of the uh, part of the settlement. Look, it, it, Dominion said, if you get rid of Carlson, maybe we can settle. But they settled for seven hundred eighty-seven million anyway. I don't know really what what it was about. Totally. I mean, there were reports that his ouster was linked to comments that he allegedly made uh, during the Dominion case. There were allegations. This this woman, this uh, Amy Grossberg or Abby, Abby Grossberg, a uh, young woman who never met Carlson, by the way. She never met him. And uh, she had all these charges against him, how he was sexist and some of the, the comments he made about women. And it's we'll get into it in the next couple of minutes. But it's really unfortunate because uh, he was the most watched Fox commentator ever. You know, bigger than certainly bigger, bigger than Hannity, but bigger than Bill O'Reilly. He was uh, a force, and he is a force. And I've heard reports or read reports yesterday that says he may be coming to Newsmax. I, I don't know where else he could go. I mean, there's no place else for him to go but Newsmax. And I guess they're going to give him uh, not just a, a show, but they're going to let him program the entire network. So anyway, all that is uh, speculation. We'll see what happens. But the Dominion case and this. Fox producer, this Abby Grossberg, their lawsuits against the network were, I think, prominent reasons why Carlson was let go. Now, according to this report, I don't know where I got this, Allison Durkee, I think probably uh, Yahoo News, the uh, Dominion case in which the voting company alleged Fox defamed it by pushing false election claims on the network, despite knowing that they were false, and then they exposed scores of these text messages that Carlson sent with others at the network. And the Post reports, I think this is the Washington Post, that it was specifically his comments about Fox colleagues that played a role in his in his ouster. The text messages show him repeatedly denigrating Fox News non-primetime news anchors and the network acknowledging President Joe Biden's wins, asking, do the executives understand how much credibility and trust we've lost with our audience? And he said Fox was playing with fire. And he also, Carlson and uh, fellow anchors Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram discussed forcing a change at Fox in protest of the, the news portion of the network. And it's all this is, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter now. It's kind of old news. And uh, but he some of these comments here that he allegedly made, I'm not sure it, it, he did it. I don't I don't 
I don't believe everything I read anyway in the news, but Carlson advocated for Fox journalist Jacqui Heinrich to be fired after she questioned voter fraud claims, saying her actions need to stop immediately and asking, why would we allow some 27-year-old fake reporter to wreck our network? Then he also criticized Fox's decision to end the Lou Dobbs program. And uh, But he said some other things. Here's one quote here in a text message with an unknown recipient. Those effers are destroying our credibility. And then he blamed Fox's issues on a combination of incompetent liberals and top leadership with too much pride to back down. And then this Amy Grossberg, again, she, she filed this lawsuit against him. She's 20-something years old. She's never met him, but she, like a lot of young people who work at Fox as uh, booking agents and as producers, they're very, very liberal. So according to this report, Grossberg's lawsuit specifically says Carlson's show is, quote, a work environment that subjugates women based on vile sexist stereotypes, typecasts religious minorities, and belittles their traditions and demonstrates little to no regard for those suffering from mental illness. And again, she's a producer. She's Jewish, obviously. So it, it, she, she said that's one of the reasons why uh, Carlson was against her. I mean, these are just ridiculous allegations. Anybody who knows Carlson in the business knows you, would, you, you don't get as far as he's gotten by being anti-Semitic. Some of these same allegations I remember 30 years ago were made against Pat Buchanan, that he was an anti-Semite because he was a conservative. And he questioned some money going to, you know, all this, the billions of dollars we send each year to Israel. And so they made, they said he was an anti-Semite, that and a few other reasons. But again, Grossberg alleges photos of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in in a bathing suit were blown up around the office to make fun of her appearance. Male staffers frequently had group discussions with misogynistic views of women as objects to be judged solely based on their appearance. This is some of the allegations. I don't know if any of this played any role in Carlson uh, getting the getting the boot, but I guess uh, I guess he wasn't officially fired, but he's gone from Fox News immediately. Number one rated uh, show on on cable news. Over three million people watched his show nightly. Now, why would they get rid of the number one show that they've ever had? I mean, by comparison, Anderson Cooper has under three hundred thousand viewers. MSNBC, I guess Chris uh, Chris Hayes has 1.4 million. Carlson had over, th- I think, 3.3 million viewers a night. And they're at, why go after Carlson? Why not go after Hannity? Hannity's got huge numbers, not as big as Carlson's, because Hannity is not a threat. Because I, I've always viewed Hannity, and this is just, just personal opinion, as a lightweight compared to Carlson. Carlson is a deep thinker. He's very bright, very articulate, and obviously he puts a lot of work in those monologues, those 12, 14-minute opening monologues are things of beauty, frankly. And I think uh, he's a special talent, and he's not going to be silenced. The left will not silence him. He will, again, emerge probably bigger and better than ever. But I got my own issues to worry about. I, I, Tucker Carlson can worry about himself. I want to uh, talk about something I heard uh, this weekend in church. I went to Catholic Mass this week with my uh, with my wife, Natasha, and we— we listened to the priest, and he was saying, before he got in, into the uh, the homily, that there's this Satan calm taking place this week. It's a convention in Boston, of all places, and it's I hadn't heard about it. I heard some of this. This is it's I, I guess the tenth annual Satan calm, 
there's these satanic liberals who gather. They come from around the country, and they convene every year in Boston. So the SatanCon 2023 is, is being hailed as the largest satanic gathering in history. COVID-19 vaccines are required. Face masks are required. Figures, right? And they, uh, some of the festivities include a satanic drag performance. This event is hosted by the uh, Satanic Temple. It's in commemoration with the organization's 10-year anniversary, themed after an ancient springtime German holiday known as Witches' Night. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I, you know, I want to underscore this, and I've talked about this in, in numerous uh, podcasts before. And, and the, the priest made mention of it. He said, "Whatever you have to do, pray together as a family, pray together as groups, pray individually, say the uh, say the rosary, because we are in uh, in a spiritual battle. We know that Christians know that we're engaged in spiritual warfare, and it's just out in the open." Even 15 or 20 years ago, you would never, ever hear of a, an event like this. Tickets were sold out. I guess it's becoming more and more popular. Of course, I think it's going to be even more popular next year than, than it is this year. Tickets were sold out. It's a weekend of blasphemy and remembrance. That's how they're selling it. Hundreds of these satanic leftists, you know, turn up at these presentations they take part in satanic rituals, these discussion panels, satanic marketplaces, a mixer, a satanic wedding chapel at, where unbaptism ceremonies take place. I mean, this is obviously it's it's not of God; it's a, of the devil. This uh, assembly, it's a godless assembly, also featured a performance by a drag queen known as Madeline Hatter. Now, I can't even repeat some of the language. I'm looking at some of the pictures of these freaks. Obviously, they're, they're possessed. It's demonic, and you need to know it's out there. And if you have young children or young people who are attracted to, to this kind of thing, I mean, uh, you have to pay attention to what your children are engaged in. There was this formal kickoff ceremony Friday. Satanic attendees renounced symbols of oppression. What's one of the symbols of oppression? A Bible. They tore up a Bible, a thin blue line, law enforcement flag. Here's a quote from one of these idiots. We stand here today in defiance of their siege, their siege, and destroy their symbols of oppression. What a female Satanist told the crowd before shredding the Bible, followed by a male Satanist who proceeded to tear up the thin blue line flag. What do they have against law enforcement? Because it's a symbol of... of uh, you know, the, the, the left will stand against anything that's uh, of God. The church, obviously, uh, law enforcement, traditional morality, traditional marriage between a man and a woman. You know, they, they back everything that's going to split apart the nation, destroy our social fabric. They back homosexuality. They back uh, any kind of sexual perversion, extreme environmentalism. I mean, the list goes on and on. And this uh, Satan con is becoming bigger and bigger every year. And, you know, the fact that a Catholic priest would include this in the service is I've never heard that before. And obviously he was very concerned about it. And you should be, too. This is what we're up against. The spiritual warfare, which is mentioned in Ephesians 6.12. I mean, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the other side, uh, uh, it's not just about politics, Democrat, Republican, but I, I think a, a large part of the Democratic Party has been captured by these people. 
they're evil. I can see it in Albany. I work at the New York State Legislature, and some of the things, they don't think so. They don't see it. They're, they're blinded. But some of the, the policies they support and defend are not of, not of God. And some of these Democrats are old-line, you know, Irish Catholic Democrats who are sucked along by the rest of their party. And it's really, it's, uh, it's disturbing what's happening here in New York State. We are uh, sinking lower and lower. I know they're getting set to pass a budget this week. I'm kind of, uh, you know, filtering off into different avenues here. But I mean, there's, uh, they've got budget bills. They've adopted two or three already. And it's a you know, $230 billion spending plan, which is, you know, the last budget submitted by Governor George Pataki back in 04 was, I think, $113 billion. We've doubled that. We've doubled that in 20, less than 20 years. We spend more than Florida and Texas combined. It's, it's just, we can't go on like this. I want to talk about one other thing, I, you know, along the same theme here of the, the evil and the uh, demonic nature of where we're headed as a country. There is, uh, and, and I think the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who's trailing badly in all the polls, to uh, President Trump for, for what that's worth at this stage of the game. It's very early. He hasn't even announced he's running yet, and he's way behind. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the polls and the presidential contest. I mean, there's so much time that we have to go through before we really get into the nitty-gritty there. But in Florida, the uh, Department of Education approved a ban on classroom instruction related to sexual orientation and gender identity across all grades. And that, that's I think that's the right the right move to take. We need to protect children. The governor supports it. The measure expands on the uh, current prohibition for kids in kindergarten through third grade. And uh, the topics are not appropriate for educational settings. Parents should determine when and if their children are introduced to these topics. It's up to the parents. It's not up to the schools. I know they differ here in New York State. The Democrats want to push all this leftist ideology and all this sexual perversion on children at a younger and younger age. We cannot let it happen. That's why my wife and I uh, have always homeschooled our children. We homeschool our sons for that reason. We don't want our children, our sons, specifically we have one daughter in the public schools, we don't want our uh, children to introduce to this mess at too young an age. And the children are, there's an assault on, on innocence. We know who's behind it. Children at very young ages are being fed this, these pernicious ideas on the subject of sexuality, that it's fluid. It's not fluid. I don't want my children being taught by somebody who believes there are 45 genders. There are two genders, male, female. That's it. That's all. It, you know, we need to state the truth and don't back away from people who, who question you on this. Stand up for what you know to be right. You know there are two genders. I mean, why would we even have to defend it? It's, it's just ridiculous. And I think the other side, eventually their arguments are going to be uh, shown for what they are. They're just, they're empty. And this stuff eventually will fade away. It's got to. It just has to. All right, I've got to run. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. It's been a quick 15 minutes. If uh, you like what you heard, hit like. Don't forget, hit subscribe. We need subscribers. And check out all the fine and share. Share with your friends on social media. And tell your friends about the Pac-Man podcast and about all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG network. You can check us out. And if you want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at 
thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. We'll get back to you. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to thebmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.